Hey, Megan. Yeah. Why do fish make such lousy tennis players? I don't know. They're afraid of coming too close to the net. Oh. That, that's. Welcome to the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. My name is Stephen Dutzman, and I'm your host, as always. This is, believe it or not, episode 218, and this week I am joined by two very special people. One, you know her every week. She is the princess of power, Amanda Farrow. How are you? I am pandemic excellent. Yeah, pretty much like the start of every greeting sounds like we're writing a letter in the middle of the civil war it's like i hope this i hope your family i hope we find your family from the front line (laughs) i hope your family finds you you find your family in good health um but uh we are also joined by a very special guest this is a person who I think if you have listened, you have heard me say, I want to get this person on the show probably like eight times, and then I keep chickening out. But I finally, finally was like, hey, can you come on my show? And she said yes. This is uh, Rebecca Valentine from Games Industry Up Is. How are you? Um, you know what? I really, I love this pandemic excellent language. That was that was really wonderful. I think I might have to steal that concept because trying to explain how one is in these very interesting times is, yeah. you know... I always qualify. I always qualify it these days with a, you yeah. know, like real world, kind of not great, but I'm yeah. pandemic excellent. Yeah. Listen, no, but is... I'm, I'm healthy. I'm safe. The weather's nice. I've had two cups of tea today. I'm going to read a book later. So, I mean, you know. Right. Um, as good as one is. Like, it, my understanding is that no AAA games were leaked today. So, like, you didn't have to deal yeah. with any of that. So, there was that. Right, because I know yesterday I sent you a check in, and then hadn't looked at the news to just be like, "Hey, just you know, are we cool?" And then you were like, "I'm sorry, I'm sh- short. It's really busy." And I was like, "What could possibly be busy now?" And then I opened up Twitter and went, "Oh, that's why the games business writer is busy." So speaking of games business writing, this is the part where when I have guests come on, I didn't warn you about this because I forgot. So <laughs> many people who listen to this podcast have. Uh, don't the don't really follow like the core gaming industry in general. So do you want to take a take a shot at saying explaining what gamesindustry.biz is to right, a layman? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we're a, we're a trade publication. So our job is to write about video game news generally. Um, we also do you know a little bit of analysis, a little bit of editorial um, interviews with developers and publishers. But instead of writing articles for people who like to play games or are interested in games or you know things like that like the majority of gaming sites that you know do which is wonderful work Mm -hmm. um we write for people who are involved in the games industry so we write for developers and publishers and investors and esports people and people people who generally work in games and who are involved in money and the business of how games get made so that that's where our articles um you know kind of target so you might see stories on our website that you see across the rest of the games industry. For instance, like if there's a studio shutting down or a game getting delayed for mm-hmm. some reason, um, a lot of the COVID-19 stuff is popping up on our site and everywhere else because it matters to everybody. Um, but then you'll also see a lot of things that I think on their surface seem kind of boring to people. Like, oh, 
this company raised a couple million dollars and here are the investors and here is what they're going to do with the money. And that's maybe a little bit dull to some people, but it is important to people who are involved in the business because it is how it is the the resources and the manner in which the games that we love get made. So that information is important to people. It's important to have it on the record and it's important for people to look at it and be able to follow the trends and be able to kind of anticipate and make predictions about what's coming next. So that's what we do. That was perfect. <laughs> Thank you. And so I'm blessed to regularly speak to another games business writer and podcaster. That would be Amanda, my co-host. And I talk to her every day. So to have two... It's true. Uh, on my to have to have two of you gracing my uh, podcast airwaves is a rare treat for me because uh, that is not my thing. Uh, Amanda like knows stuff. I'm just an unmitigated hype machine. So now you guys can know things, and I'll just maintain my life as an unmitigated hype monster. Hype monster, hype machine, either one. Yeah, I just like yell about things and get really excited. By the way, also an unwritten rule. We don't refer to COVID-19 as COVID-19. We refer to it as the Fire Nation attacking. Just so that we just so. No, it's okay. I I just like to talk about it on the air because I think it's really clever. And uh, I'm really proud of myself that I came up with it. So uh, as long as the Fire Nation is attacking, we have to qualify all of our this is how good I am. Because, you know, that's it. So thank you very how much I for explaining. It now. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's how we I'm do it on all of the EFG content. I'm learning all kinds of good terminology today. Right? Listen, when the because fi- it sounds really cool. And you're like, you know, before the Fire Nation attacked, it sounds awesome, and uh, it makes me happy. And trust me, we need that. So everybody, before we get too far into the weeds, this is a great op- episode. We've been talking about this for a little bit. And we're going to have an MMO episode. So I know you're going to be like, man, Steve, are you going to tell your old World of Warcraft stories again? Yes. As a matter of fact, I freaking am. And that's cool. Because here's the thing, right? MMOs are, they live and they die based on their community. And I think right now, more than ever, under the constant attack from the Fire Nation, online communities are kind of saving us as adults um, in a lot of ways. And I think they're great resource for our kids right i mean how many of our kids are playing Fortnite right now and community you know just building communities with their friends and this is how they're talking to them so we're going to talk about the positive power of communities and we're going to talk about mmos while we do it because that's kind of for me that's synonymous with online communities it doesn't hurt that all three of us have played world of warcraft at one point or another so we'll warn you when we're getting too far into the weeds we'll get there Uh, But before we do that, I know you've played a lot. It's going to be, this is going to be a great time, but I do want to remind everybody, our podcast is sponsored by Ready Player Mom. That is Amanda. Uh, So you can find her on Wednesdays while she tries to beat up Teddy Roosevelt at Mixer.com slash Ready Player Mom. And also we are sponsored by the Virtual Economy Podcast, which is also Amanda, but also Amanda and Mike, because that's where they talk about video game business. So if you want to hear the business side of the stuff I shout about, then you can go get edu- you can go get your learn on with them and then just come back and shout with me and just be a little bit more educated about it. How's that sound, Rebecca? Good? Sounds pretty good. So, I like, I like um, all of those things. Yeah, I mean, I thought so. I mean, you do get excited about video games on the internet. I follow you on Twitter. You are easily the most wholesome person on the, on the planet, <laughs> but... Your your Twitter right now is all Animal Crossing. So speaking of which, I was just, worried that was a bad thing. So nope. I'm glad that someone's no. enjoying nope. it. 
Let's go. Let's just go right into around the horn. Now we have had our official Animal Crossing podcast where uh, Amanda and shouting. where Amanda and my wife met for the first time and talked yes. about uh, Animal Crossing. And yes, it is very a, a very good idea that I finally introduced my wife to this strange woman that I talk to every week. Um, so and <laughs> Wait the two a of them. Second. You call no, it's true. I am. I am Listen, I, of all the, of all the things I could call you, strange is the one you decide to fight back on. Um, so oh. they had a great conversation, but but Reb, you are a true expert at the Animal Crossing, if for nothing else, because you become an expert when you put like ten thousand hours into something, which is basically what you have done in the Switch equivalent. Tell Reb, me about how many hours have you? Yeah, actually tell put tell in? us about your Animal Crossing experience. I checked my number on, I think I checked it on Saturday because mm-hmm. I was doing a, a different, a separate podcast, um, specifically about Animal Crossing, and someone asked me what my number was. I couldn't remember what it was, and I checked, and it was at two hundred and five. Um, and I have definitely played more since then. Um, so a couple things. I mean, a couple things coincided there. Like I. The, the week that Animal Crossing came out uh, was the week that the Fire Nation attacked and everybody shut everything down mm-hmm. as a result. And so I was stuck inside. But then also I happened to be taking a week off because I was supposed to be in San Francisco for GDC and taking an extra week off after that. And that didn't happen. So I played for a week nonstop. And there are a lot of people who have just started playing Animal Crossing who put tons and tons of hours in and now like a few weeks down the road are a little bit sick of it um, and are starting to kind of like bump up against the cracks in Animal Crossing and things are maybe a bit more frustrating about it. I am not one of those people. I love Animal Crossing. I put hundreds of hours in the wild world. I put hundreds of hours in a new leaf. I knew exactly what I was getting into. I love Animal Crossing. I cannot stop playing playing it, except for a couple UI things that I don't like. I refuse to acknowledge any of its flaws. It is great. Um, I have planted flowers all over my island, and it keeps raining, and they keep multiplying, and now there are too many. I... <laughs> I loved that post on Twitter because that's what I am struggling with right now where I have so many flowers and I keep trying to reorganize my main island and I have to dig up all my flowers in order to like it's it's a nightmare. It it's is. a it's nightmare of flowers. Cuz in previous games they didn't they didn't grow as quickly and so you could just plant like flowers next to like flowers and like if you watered them a few days in a row you might end up with like four flowers but now if you do that they just keep multiple it's it's ridiculous and i love it but uh, okay there's so i I could like just fill up a whole podcast just gushing about animal crossing the i think the the main thing that i love about animal crossing aside from the fact that it's like relaxing and this game is very pretty and there's a million things to do and it can just go on on forever and the holidays are i mean everything's great um is that i love that I love the stories that I tell myself about what is going on in Animal Crossing at any given moment. So I have all of these cute little villagers and the, you know, just, I assume just giant list of all the different lines of dialogue they could possibly say, you know, with, with random items or random like phrases inserted into those things. Like I love chocolate pudding or I love tiramisu, like depending on what they might say in that moment, all of the, all of the randomness like combined with the personalities and all these other things means that, yeah, if you play a lot, you'll eventually start seeing some of the same lines twice. But for the most part, everybody ends up kind kind of having this sort of unique narrative that you sort of create for yourself based on the things that they say and how they interact with the things that other people say and the things that you do day to day. So for example, this happened in New Leaf, not in New Horizons. But in New Leaf, I had two villagers. I had, well, at one point, I had Cherry, 
who is this wonderful goth dog villager. And she, she's Very like awesome. dark red and has like black ears. And she's just, she wears like this goth t-shirt and she's, she's kind of like edgy, but in a really cute way. And she's super lovable. I love her. Um, and then I had a cow villager whose name was Vic. And Vic had just recently moved in. And the villagers can talk to each other and they can get into conversations. You could listen in on their conversations. At one point, I talked to them and they were having a fight. I don't remember what they were mad about, but they were mad at each other. And Sherry was just furious at Vic. And they went off all steamed. They're like, okay, whatever. The next day, I turned on the game and Vic was moving out. And I was kind of surprised. I'm like, oh, that's, that's sort of weird. I didn't know he was moving out. Whatever. I wasn't that attached to him. Okay, he's gone. And then two days later, I get a letter in the mail from Sherry and she has mailed me a cow skull. Now, none of that had anything, the fight and him moving out and the cow skull, none of that had anything to do with any of the other events. Those were all just sort of random things that happened based on what the game was sort of determining. But I made up a story in my head about it, and it was very alarming, but it Good was old head great. And that's Animal Crossing. That's why I love Animal Crossing. That is what I will be I'm making up stories in my head about all my villagers for the next, like, couple <laughs> of years. I already love half of them, and I'm trying to get rid of the rest of them, but I'm not hitting them with that nets because that's mean. Um, it's it just, mean. Oh, it's it's good and it makes me happy. Oh, sorry. I could talk all day. No, I thought Never that. Never apologize for enthusiasm. Yeah, not Especially on not this here. show. This is enthusiasm. We're having T-shirts made that say "Unmitigated Hype Monster." I'll send you one. So uh, I just want to. There was a brief aside, but I, that I wanted to make, but I didn't want to interrupt what you were saying. Are you in any way surprised, Reb, that the that Amanda would that would take a liking to the cute edgy chick? Oh, not in really Animal Crossing. No, I mean, no. I'm just saying, I'm not surprised. Uh, well, I, I'll, I'll also add that I think because they're all divided up and they all have like their individual personalities, right? And Cherry is very Cherry is the type that I think they call like big sister. I think where she's sort of. She, she's she's very nice. Um, she's also kind of protective of, you know, people that she cares about. And she doesn't let people mess with people she cares about. And Amanda definitely fits into that. I see why that would be something yeah. Amanda likes. Big mom energy. Yeah, it's basically, yeah. basically it's it's Amanda in Animal Crossing villager form. So, uh, and, and that's okay. I saw that picture of your island. And I'm just going to ask this because I, I've said it, I proclaimed it on Facebook recently when I'm in a room full of experts, which I qualify the two of you as experts on Animal Crossing, uh, I'm the guy that's comfortable <laughs> throwing out absurd ideas. Sometimes, you know, brainstorming, you know. So, uh, why don't you dig up the flowers that you didn't plant? Like, is that, it, like, just not cool? Is It It takes a long time. Okay. I've been doing that. It's So, the Same. thing about flowers, in, in previous games, I... I do not think that the way I have been playing the game is the way that they intended most people to play the game. Like I said, in previous games, I would plant like species of flowers next to each other and I would water them and I'd get like maybe one new flower like every week if I was lucky. Like it would take a really long time to grow that many flowers. It was very manageable. In this one, everything just sort of explodes if you do that. I think the way they want you to play it, the way most people play it, is they have like a couple little patches that you water and things still grow pretty slowly. Um, but I did that again in this game where I just planted a bunch of little patches and just watered them. And within like, you know, two weeks of just doing that every single day, everything just exploded. Okay. And so now in order to remove flower, you used to be able to run over them and destroy them, but you can't do that anymore. Now, if you run over them, it just destroys the flower, but the stem stays and it'll keep growing back, which is yes. good because people don't want to destroy their flowers, but it's bad if you have too many flowers. So for every flower that you want to get rid of, you have to dig it up with your shovel, which uses up a use of your shovel. So if you do this a certain amount of times, you eventually break your shovel and have to- I think to... it's 30. 
Yeah. How, however, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think it's 30. You have to go make a new shovel. Um, so that's one problem. And then you have this flower in your inventory. Now, what can you do with it? You can throw it away, you can sell it, or you can replant it. All of those things take time because you either have to go to the garbage can, go to the store and sell it, or you have to go find a new spot to plant it, which just creates a new problem. So I'm at a point where it is, I am eventually going to do this, but it is going to take me a couple hours to dig up all of the flowers that I don't need anymore and do something with them. I will do it, but... Yeah, you can plant fences around them or like do paths to keep them from spreading. But again, that takes time too. Mm-hmm. So it's just, yeah. Okay, all right. In so- the meantime, it is raining literally every in-game day. And every time it rains, every I've stopped watering everything. Every one of my flowers gets watered when it rains. And then more, I get like 30 more flowers the next day. It's okay. Just, Wild it's, fire it's flowers. Problem. I love this problem. <laughs> it's bad. So I will admit that somehow I thought that you just really loved flowers and oh, literally planted them manually in all of these places. I don't... So, this is my first Animal Crossing game. So, I played maybe 10 minutes of New Leaf on my son's on my son's 3DS. And that's not enough to really understand. Like, once I found out that I had to live on his in his town, I was like, all right, I'm out. I don't want to do this. Yeah. And... This time I'm playing really just to get a feel for it and understand it. And I'll tell you what, those new, new the Nook plus, Nook Biles Plus grind is like my jam. Because I looked at my kids and I was like, oh, so you have daily quests? And they were like, what's yeah. a daily quest? And I was like, it's a Nook Miles Plus. And as soon as that... The serotonin as as, hit, fam. <laughs> dude, the first day I did that, I'm pretty sure I ground... I, I did the 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 grind for maybe like four hours and then i was like i think i need to stop listen uh i have a thing with completing quests okay i've met you yeah i <laughs> like having to-do lists and completing to-do lists that is one of the reasons why i like world of warcraft because it gives me to-do lists over and over and over again and this basically gave me that only I was just a cute little guy, like, running around, like, spazzing out, talking to, like, a blue rhino. Like, it seemed great. So this is, um, so this is my first Animal Crossing, and I didn't re like, some of the, the, the deeper mechanics, and really, this game is way deeper than it gives itself credit for, which is what I'm starting to find out. Like, I went into the... If you go into the EFG Discord, which, by the way, if you go to EngageFamilyGaming.com slash Discord, listeners, you can find it. We have an Animal Crossing channel. I found, like, all these tweets today that were all, like, this is how you do the stock market, and this is how you can find... how you can grow all the right flowers, and, like, all these really interesting infographics, and I just threw them all in there, and I'm like, wow. If I was a wiki writer... (laughs) I'm like disengage. I, I actually thought about that. I was like, does engage family gaming need a wiki? And I was like, no, we don't. We don't. But I thought about it, Amanda. I thought about it. Yeah. Bye. And in what time you would you be writing this? Wiki? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You're not a time lord. Just today, I learned. I had no idea that this was a thing. I get having played like multiple hour Animal Crossings, having put two hundred hours into this one, and having grown an entire island's worth of flowers. I did not know that if visitors come to your island and water your flowers, like other people who are not you, you get a higher chance of getting hybrid flowers. I had no what? idea. Yeah. I didn't even, what? 
Yeah, apparently, if so, if like if you water them, you know they can grow hybrids. If another person waters them on top of you, then the chance goes up, and it goes up to five people. And after five people have watered the same flower on the same day, they get a gold sparkle. Apparently, what? Yeah, I didn't know. You have to have flower watering parties. Damn uh-huh. it! Well, I don't want that now. It's <laughs> no. just too many. I don't when have you, enough hybrids. When you I've get it under them. control, when you get it yeah, under I've got, control, like a field of, like a hundred yellow mums and nothing else. It's like. Because there's just so many. Yeah. Um, I jo- so I joined my son Evans Island specifically because we're going to build an EFG like shrine throughout there while I collect stuff. I'm building. A- I so I started building a podcast studio in my basement, and then freaking Gary Witta decides to start his own freaking late night talk show. I te- I I texted this to Amanda, and then later tweeted it. Gary definitely saw it because he liked it. But, um, but I was like, I, I was like, Hey Amanda, I should totally make a podcast studio in my basement with some microphones and we could maybe take Instagram pictures there. It would be cute. And then afterwards, Gary would a effing casual because he just came. <laughs> so if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, first off, Gary Wood is the guy that wrote like book of Eli and like a star Wars story, rogue one, you know, a big deal. And now he, he streams animal crossing basically full-time because Hollywood doesn't work anymore. And he created a beautiful late-night set in his, in one of the rooms, and he does a show. Like, it's called Animal uh, Talking. It's called Animal Talking, which by, by itself is really, really good. But it has, like, a graphics package. And this is – it really made me – like, in the same week, I was – both really excited because the EFG show, our live Facebook show on Thursday nights, has better audio and video quality than um, the Kelly Clarkson show. But, which is true, <laughs> true facts. Um, she's lovely, but things. my show is definitely like, get, Logitech should send her a better webcam, is all I'm saying. Um, and they just should. I don't know why they haven't. And but then immediately I just get kicked down the stairs by Gary Witta and his awesome Animal Crossing talk show. So uh, we're gonna put a link to the YouTube video in the show notes. Everyone needs to see this. It is absolutely amazing. Um True. so yeah, Animal Crossing is great. And it's the first Animal Crossing that's lived in a games as a service world. So we're gonna see this yeah. game continue to grow, evolve. And it's going to be wild. Like, is this going to be one of those games, do you guys feel like it's going to be kind of unrecognizable, like, in a couple of years? Kind of like Destiny or The Division? Or do you think they're just going to be, it's going to be, like, more of the same in a great way? What do you think? Uh, probably the latter. Yeah. More of the same in a great way. I would also sort of push back, I mean, only push back a little bit on the idea that it's the first Animal Crossing in a games-as-a-service world. I mean, New Leaf doesn't live up at all to what they're going to do, what they've already done with New Horizons. But New Leaf, they were they were already sort of, weirdly for Nintendo, who, my, who doesn't typically you know support games for the long term in that kind of way, they were adding new items on a, like, every couple of weeks or so to New Leaf and uploading, like, you just went to, like, I think the post office and could, like, just get it through the mail or whatever. But you would just, there would just be a new furniture item that wasn't in the game at all, and you could just get it. And then a couple of years after it launched, they had the Welcome Amiibo update was this kind of massive update that nobody really saw coming that added a whole new area and a bunch of extra stuff and new furniture. And so it wasn't, 
it, it's nothing like what they're doing with New Horizons at all, but it was still kind of the idea that Animal Crossing as a game is something that they would want to support for the long term. And I know we had kind of the news this week, or last week, I, time means nothing when the Fire Nation is attacking. Um, Super Mario Maker, I think I think this was last week. Yeah, Super yeah. Mario Maker 2 had its final update, and a lot of people mm-hmm. were upset about that because it was a good update, but people were upset because they supported the first Mario Maker in, you know, quite a few more ways than they have supported this one and it being over like Splatoon also I think didn't get as many updates as people wanted um, and so I my hope is that we see um, <laughs> we see New Horizons get the treatment that you were talking about where they keep adding more lovely things building on the base that they already have and I think they will there are a lot of people have complained that at launch there were a lot of characters that were missing like Brewster and his coffee shop and things like that those things are coming I don't normally say that with a lot of confidence, but like, oh yeah, they'll add it later. I don't normally oh, they think will. that's the thing you can normally say. They will. This mm-hmm. stuff will be in this game. All right. So I and you know what? I appreciate that pushback because it, it is something I did not spend a lot of time with. So the first the the first Animal Crossing. So yes, for those listening, why I'm, I'm wondering why I'm getting quiet. My daughter is like sauntering through behind us, and she's in her chair. Under her frozen blanket. And she's turned it into a fort. It's definitely a fort. Well, it's one of those, like, papazan, like, you know, like, chairs that you could, like, sit in. Chairs. And if you put the blanket over the top of it, it really does turn into... You know what it turns into? This is super um, deep cut. But do you remember the, the Star Wars movie that was all about the Ewoks with the little kids? Yeah, of course. Okay. Of course, that's not a deep cut here. Um, so... It's like, you know how they, like, lived in, like, a little, like, basket house hanging off the big critter? That's oh what that goodness. feels like. That's what that seems like to me. The basket That's house amazing. hanging off the side I never, of a critter. I never would have made that connection, and I had a papasan chair for, like, years, and I did exactly what Maggie is doing right now in my early 20s a lot. Yeah. Well, Maggie is basically in early 20s, Amanda, right now. Super strong, independent. <sighs> Giving me, all, giving me a whole lot of sass, That's which is 100%. what you would have done if I had known yes. you in your early 20s. Yes. So anyway, so Animal Crossing, we can all agree, is great. Um, because of how weird and shenanigan-y our Game of the Year conversation is by nature of the fact that like half of the games aren't uh, eligible for us, um, yeah. it's probably like on the fast track because, I mean... You know, uh, Cyberpunk isn't exactly in the running for us. By the way, the ESRB rating for Cyberpunk came out today. Whoa. <laughs> um, oh, Extremely um, M. <laughs> B- M. M as all get out is what I want to say. Like, M. And somebody was like, whoa, this seems extreme. And they were like, did you expect any less? This is how we roll. And I was like, cool. At least you made it very clear that I don't have to adjust my editorial direction. Thank you. Because could you imagine <laughs> if all of a sudden, like, CD Projekt Red was like, yeah, man, rated T. It's cool. And I was like, what? You're telling me I got to review this game now? Fantasy hard T? Like, oh no, goodness. we're not doing this. Well, we're not I mean, Could you? I mean, Plus. it's probably not possible. But, like, there is a universe, if we assume there are infinite Earths, there's definitely an in- a universe where there's a T-rated cyberpunk game, and on that universe is the editor-in-chief of Engage Family Gaming going, really? You gotta make me review that? <laughs> <sighs> Taking a week off from vacation, I guess. Um, so anyway. Gotta do what you gotta do. So, um, I want to talk about Sentinels of Freedom for a moment. Do it. Okay, so, 
for those of you that hear Sentinels and might be like, wait, this is Engage Family Gaming Podcast. I hear Sentinels. Does that mean Sentinels of the Multiverse? I want to say yes. As a matter of fact, it does. Sentinels of, the, Sentinels of Freedom is a turn-based tactical role-playing game that is currently on the PC, but it's coming to Switch and PS4 and I'm guessing Xbox, but they didn't explicitly tell me. And um, so, so who knows? Uh, the Shadow knows. Um, and it's pretty good, guys. It's pretty good. That's really where I want to start. It's pretty good. There's a review up on the Engage Family Gaming site. I published awesome. it yesterday, which is Monday, for those of you listening. And uh, it's pretty good. Is it great? No. Is it going to change the world forever for tactical role-playing games? No. However, uh, it is way more family-friendly than, say, XCOM. And it plays very similarly to that. And what the so thing I really like about it... Heavy? Yes, very very tactics heavy. The thing I like about it is, number one, you slowly build up your team of the Sentinels of Freedom, and it's all the heroes from Sentinels of the Multiverse through the various expansions, which is for those of you that don't know, or maybe only listen, you know, don't listen to the board game podcast that we do, it's a cooperative card game. It's not a collectible game. You buy the box, it comes with the whole thing, and each deck is a hero. Oh, there's tons of them. And so there's all these different heroes, and they are all very, very similar to Marvel and DC superheroes. Like, they are legally distinct from them. However, like, you know, there's Batman, and there's, like, Superman, and Tachyon is the Flash, only she's a girl. You know, like, Barrage is Iron Man, but, like, he looks like a tank. You know, they do that thing, like, because whatever. You, you want to play superheroes, they don't want to play with the license, so they made up their own. But the thing I really like about it is you create your own guy or lady. So you create your own hero and the character creator is, it it is, as far as visuals, it's passable, right? Um, You have a lot of cool options, but for me, what's really cool is you choose their powers and they have Mm -hmm. a lot of different choices. And so the and you choose two of them because you have each character has two stances that they switch between at the end of their turn and it's really cool like the different combinations that you can choose and um yeah i think it's really fun and it is relatively inexpensive it's on steam right now it's not graphically intense so it'll probably run on a, a toaster and it's on your good, smart television on your smart television i mean it's not on quite Sky, i mean that's skyrim stuff skyrim is what they put on the refrigerators but it's you know but this is it's really cool it's, i think this is gonna be a great game when it comes to switch i think this is gonna great. be a cool thing how yes, is right? it with no knowledge of the card game at all oh yeah whatever Fine. they're super they're superheroes okay i mean if you know what a superhero is you're in okay um as far as like the plot it's villains doing villainous things like there's some neat twists but like you know they're robbing banks and trying to take over the world you know like it's nothing Thanos philosophical like oh I'm gonna just you know none of that stuff but it's cool yeah there's no there's none of that this is like a very simple you know dastardly villains doing dastardly things um the only thing that I that that I really my only real complaint with it is that there were some relatively like sharp difficulty spikes that uh just kind of came out of nowhere and I think a lot of it is just based on 
it could have been that I'm just horrifically bad at video games because you are quite bad at video. Games. I am terrible at video games. Um, horrifically isn't even the word. Hilariously bad at video games is the word that I like to use. Horrific, it just seems mean. I'm hilariously bad. Um, That's true. My, my, Infinitely entertaining. Yeah. Um, my son tries to talk me up. He's like, Dad, you're not bad at, like, some of these games. And I'm like, that's fun of you. Thank you. Um, that's very nice of him. That's awfully Go nice. Kid. That's, yeah, it's, it, is very, it is very nice of him. I think he's just trying to get me to try harder games so that then he can LOL at me a little bit more. Like, I tried to play the Ori, the new Ori game. And, like, let me tell you, like, Plath, if, if I were to choose a game like a genre that would be like, okay, this is the one that I am okay at. It's platformers. And Ori just stomps me. <laughs> but anyway. Um, flat, so some of the, yeah, exactly. Um, it's, at least the music is nice. So it's soothing oh. while it kicks me in the face. Um, so yeah, some of these levels just have some real difficulty spikes. And I think a lot of it has to do with action economy because sometimes there's three of you and many, many of them. So, and yeah. it's the, even though they're trivial minions, they still get to take a turn before you turbo murder them with barrage or whatever. And if like six dudes get to take a turn and run up on you and do melee damage, it really adds up. And so some of that was a little difficult, but if you're able to adjust your strategy, I mean, you could try the levels again. You know, it's, it was by no means a deal breaker. So I give it, you know, I, I actually, you know, we don't score games here, but I definitely recommend it. I think it's going to be great on Switch. Cool. Yeah. yeah so that's Sentinels of Freedom. Oh. Um, so, Amanda, you have continued your quest with Final Fantasy XIV because yeah. you really, really love that video game. I really like it. That Arizia. weird, weird, weird video game. It's super weird. It's extremely Final Fantasy. Yeah. We, that's extremely Final Fantasy and weird are basically like synonyms. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 100%. So I'm almost at the end of the Realm Reborn 2.0 game. I am level 48. I need to get through some level 50 content and some, you know, late level 40 content. And then I am done with a Realm Reborn and I can move on to Heaven's Word. And I've heard from my very dear friends that Heavensward is really where Final Fantasy XIV starts to shine. Um, some of the late game content has been engaging-ish, but the writing's really clunky. And I don't know if you all know this, but I really don't like clunky writing. So I have just been like... This is my like, shocked face. Fury, yeah, this is, your, this is your surprised face. No one is surprised. Um, so I've just been like furiously clicking through dialogue. I'm like, I hate it. 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 <laughs> it's terrible. I hate it. I hate it. Oh, look, Biggs and Wedge. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> um, but we're, I'm almost at the end now. We're at the very last part of Realm Reborn. We're in the final section of Realm Reborn. I should be finishing it off potentially in the next couple of weeks if I can sink a little bit more time into it. When I'm not playing M-rated games that I can't talk about on this show, so like yeah. Predator. Yeah, I mean, listen, Predator came out this week, so I know you, we mentioned it. We gave it a name drop. Is that good enough for you, Amanda? Yes. We named Yay. it. Yes. Um, here's what's really interesting, and Rep, you and I are the 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 two wowheads in this conversation. Like, so leveling alts right now for us. Like, do you even read any of the text? Like, I don't see it. 
Like, for me, like, I'm leveling a shaman right now. Because right now, for those people playing World of Warcraft, um, it's double XP until the next expansion comes out. It was originally just for a month. And then they were like, you know what? People like it. Let's just keep it going. Um, And so I'm leveling a shaman, uh, alliance side. Are you Horde? I am Horde. Okay. But I am... I am not a zealot about it. Um, I main Horde, and I, I play, like, through the main story as Horde, but I usually, by about this time in the expansion, is when I go level an alt and just go see what the Alliance storyline um, was. You're absolutely welcome to, uh, anytime, level an alt on Argent Dawn if you want. You can play with me. We can just be, be, be dorks together. Uh, I am Alliance only because that's where the dwarves are. I play dwarves only. So if dwarves were Horde... For the horde, baby, you know, Loctar, Ogar, all that stuff, but yeah. their their alliance. So, uh, but leveling alts for me. So, like going through old content, quote unquote old content, right? Um, I don't have the story is so meaningless to me, and that's what's so like when Amanda talks about playing through and like enjoying the story of like the base game for Final Fantasy fourteen. It's so interesting to me because I can't even fathom it. Like, it just, uh, and uh, what do you think, Reb? With you, is it a situation where it's because you've already seen it before, though? Because that's, that's where true. it is with me. Like, I'm playing, so I, I am not a person who levels alts. I mean, I'm, we, we can talk about this, too, but I, I have one main character that I play, and I play her through the whole expansion, and I do not level alts. Because I, I don't, like, MMOs are giant time sucks, and I have to play a lot of video games. I have to do a lot of things. I, I, I cannot budget that time into my schedule anymore, and I had to stop putting that time in, because when I was putting that time in, it was making me an unhappier person. But, like I said, about this time, I will level one, maybe two alts, and the fact, like he said, there is double XP right now, and so that has kind of encouraged me, because I, I was able to get a character from, like, 114 up to 120 within a couple hours with very little effort over this last week and so that has made it better but yeah usually i have seen if i have seen the story before which i usually have at this point because i've at some point in my time playing wow have leveled through almost every single zone at every single level that exists there i mean there's still a few that i've missed especially on the alliance side um but so so i've seen most of the plot so there's just no point in reading any of it for me unless i need to go back and check and make sure that i'm slaying the thing i ought to be slaying um, but I, I would imagine, like, in, in Amanda's case, it, it being a case of, you know, bad writing, you, you don't know the plot, but if it's bad writing, you're not engaged with it. Whereas at this exactly. point, I mean, okay, well, writing is not the most incredible writing in the world, especially this last expansion. I have not been pleased with it. Um, but it's not really a case of the writing being bad. It's just, I've seen it. I know what it is. And I'm pretty sure that that's that's how I would end up feeling if I were to go back and either re-roll an older character in WoW or pick up my little gnome warrior, Fiara, again. Because of course you play a gnome gnome warrior. Of course you play a gnome warrior. I mean that. Of course. I was an off tank. That was my job. My dad was my guild's tank, and he was the guild leader, and I was an officer. And we can talk about this a little bit later. Yeah, we'll and I talk can about tell some I'll tell some fun World of Warcraft stories. We totally will. Um, so congrats on almost finishing the first Final Fantasy game that you got like three left to go. I yeah, think that's probably I'm so excited though. Like the writing is supposed to get amazing, the content is supposed to be far more engaging, it's supposed to pull in from a number of different Final Fantasy sources, not just Final Fantasy 14 and Eorzea, but looking into uh, Final Fantasy 4, I've heard there's some Final Fantasy 5 stuff, there's some references to 6 and 2, and like, it's supposed to get really meta really fast, and I'm and super And near. Near. Yes. Yeah. 
There is, I... there is some serious stuff going on in Final Fantasy with their crossover nonsense, and I am here for it. If it wouldn't take me so many hours to get all the way up there, I would drop into Final Fantasy XIV just for the near content. Yeah, it's it's it would take you a really 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 long time to get there because you have a you'd have a lot of content to grind through. Like a lot of the early game stuff is enjoyable enough that you're like it doesn't really feel like I am grinding lobby nonsense and yeah. I don't feel like I'm doing mid game stuff. Like this I have is a level just, 10 character. Yeah, it's just really right. enjoyable at the beginning of the game. And it doesn't matter where you're stationed either. Like I've played in um the I've played in Thanalan. So in Ulda, where I was a, where I was a gladiator, I did that the first time I played uh, Final Fantasy XIV with my dad. And then I came back and I started in Gridania, which is like all forests and trees and archery and nonsense. And yes, I am a bard. Duh. Of <laughs> course I'm a bard. Uh, but I think I'm going to be a dark knight or a gunbreaker. I'm very excited, you guys. I really, 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 really want to get through this content so I can have more, have more job classes. It seems like a good game. I wish I could. You you were telling you were saying before we started recording the podcast that you you know play just you played so many MMOs and I love MMOs. I love them so much. I have played at different points a bunch of different MMOs, but I can't I can't manage more than one at a time. And I think no. just because of the amount of time I put into it and the community, which we will discuss here in a moment, um, I, I think that I have made WoW my MMO, and that's just going to be the one that I kind of stick to my guns on. That's fair. Yeah. Same. Same is really what it comes down to. Um, so speaking of community, let's all take a quick break and then we will come back and we're going to talk about some MMOs and some communities and, you know, all that warm and fuzzy stuff while we talk about beating monsters and taking their stuff. We'll be back in a minute, guys. <laughs> everybody this is steve i'm the host if you like listening to this podcast you probably like some of our other content too you can find that all over social media so make sure to head over to facebook.com slash engaged family gaming perhaps you might like to see some stuff on twitter by going to twitter.com slash e-f-g-a-m-i-n-g or maybe you just want to head on over to instagram and look for engaged family gaming there see you later guys bye now Hello everybody, welcome back. It is still episode 218. I'm still Steven and I'm still here with the Princess of Power and Rebecca Valentine from GamesIndustry.biz. And so we went around the horn, we talked about our sponsors, and we basically were just about to get into the topic. So I was like, you know what, let's take a break and then go into the topic. Um, so MMOs. All three of us have played at least one, but several and really enjoy some MMOs. All three of us have played them. All three of us absolutely love them, probably for similar reasons. So why don't we start there? Um, let's start with your MMO du jour now and why. Um, Reb, you're the guest. You start. Absolutely. So I was telling Amanda 
earlier that I, you know, I've played a lot of different MMOs over time for various reasons. I love MMOs, but I can really only stick to one. And it has been for just, it's been on and off for several years, but I think now that I've sort of settled into a certain routine as an adult with a certain amount of free time, um, it, it is World of Warcraft now. That is just the game that I play. Mm-hmm. And I started playing at the end of Wrath of the Lich King, and I did it for a very dumb reason. I started playing it to impress a boy. Uh, don't play video games to impress boys. Play them because you like them. Um, but it ended up being a good thing because I got into a game that I really love. Um, and I, I leveled up to everyone says that wrath of the Lich King is like the best expansion ever. I don't really know that because I leveled up at the end of wrath of the Lich King. I did not ever do any of the end game content or like, you know, fight, fight the Lich King or anything like that. That was just around the time that I was, you know, reaching max level and playing with my friends and beginning to enjoy the game. And I played a Tauren elemental shaman. Um, her name is Tandem. She's been on multiple different st- servers over time, and that is still the character I play today. I do not play any other spec. I don't play any other class. I don't play any other characters, except I very rarely level alts, but that's the one that I play. I'm really good. I think I'm pretty good at it. I've gotten pretty good at it, um, and it just sort of works out. And I I, I played on and off uh, for a while. I attempted to raid during Cataclysm and was just bad at it and didn't think about using the internet to learn how to be better, um, so that didn't go well. And then I came back around uh, Mists of Pandaria, and got the idea into my head that I wanted to learn how to raid. Um, and I was playing with some friends at the time, and I started you know, actually looking up you know, how, to, how to get better at playing in an MMO and playing at high level. Mm-hmm. And I actually I did the things they said, and I, I started to get better. And I raided a little bit of Siege of Orgrimmar back at the very, very tail end of Siege of Orgrimmar, and I, I didn't quite meet my goals for that raid, but you know, I, I played it and I had fun. And so when uh, Warlords of Draenor came along, which was an expansion that a lot of people didn't like, uh, but one of the things about Warlords of Draenor, it, it had really, really good raiding. Like, all of the raids, there weren't a lot of raids in that expansion, but the ones that they had were really good. The fights were really fun. Um, it was just a great time in general, and that was right around the time that they switched, I think, to the current the system they currently have right now, where they have sort of the, you can jump into a random queue to do uh, mm-hmm. LFR difficulty, and then you have normal heroic, which you can do with anywhere from, I think, 10 to 40 people, I think, is the cap, 40, 30 or 40, I can't remember what it is. We never go near that level. Um or you can do Mythic, which is the super high level of difficulty with exactly 20 people. Um, and I raided uh, throughout all of Warlords of Draenor, and I had a group that I played with regularly that was amazing, and we became really close friends. We went to one of our team members' weddings at one point and met each other in person Aww. and had a wonderful time, and it was it was great. It was so much fun. Um, we, all, we all started playing into the next expansion, and people, for various personal reasons and other reasons, started to fall off, and I started to fall off the game. Um, but then I, I kind of came back around uh, during this last expansion that we've had, Battle for Azeroth, and I have a lot of problems with ba- Battle for Azeroth. I don't love the story. I think the story has just gone in a bunch of ridiculous directions that I don't love. But I found that I do still love two things. I love I love the challenge. I, lo- I like being good. I like This is a game I'm not... I, I'm like Steven says he is. I am not good at a lot of video games, but I am good, not, not amazing, not like top tier, but I am good at World of Warcraft. I can raid at the heroic level competently with other people and not feel like I'm just falling behind and being terrible. And it feels good to accomplish tasks and do challenging things and overcome those obstacles. And it feels good to do that with a group of people uh, that you like and enjoy. And I have I had a bit of a struggle finding a new team that I wanted to play with, but I have found a new team that I like playing with. And we actually just finished, not this past week, but the week before, we felled uh, Nazoth on Heroic. Um, so we, we got our Ahead of the Curve achievement. We got our cool Dragon Mount. Um, we finished the expansion. I think we're going to do one more clear to catch up. There were a couple people who weren't there that night on our team, so we're going to catch them up and make sure they get the achievement. And then I think after that, one of the things that I like about them is they they raid consistently. They 
clear heroic and then they take a break until the next expansion because we're all busy adults and so that's what i'm gonna do and take a break and then i'm gonna come back for uh the next expansion so yeah i love wow awesome that's amazing all right Uh, i'm gonna go last amanda tell me what would you like me to talk about i mean i would like to know your mmo preference um you know, you're. You, you, I don't know. This is. This is not. There are no cops. What do you? I mean, I want to know. <laughs> I want to know. The MMO cops. There are no MMO cops. I would like to know why. How about if you if you don't want to put your flag down on your favorite, which I can understand. Which I can't. Which you can't. That's fine. Um, it, then I want to know why. Like, sure. why do you like MMOs specifically? But then also, why can't you plant a flag on one? Okay, so. Part of the reason why I like MMOs so much is because I've been playing them for a really, 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 really long time. I started off playing Ultima Online back in the late 90s. Back yeah, that when is I... definitely old school. Dude, I am so old in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing MMOs for a really long time. So I started off playing Ultima Online. I graduated to a hacked server for uh, Ragnarok Online, which is a South Korean game. Lots and lots of fun. I played that with my boyfriend at the time when I was like 14, 15 years old. That um, tracks. Yeah, of course. I mean, duh. Uh, then I moved on to playing World of Warcraft. Oh, no. This was no. This is not World of Warcraft time yet. It's City of Heroes. City of Heroes was my next MMO. I played that a lot. It was my first raiding group. It was my first group of people that I played with that I didn't know that I wasn't familiar with, that I never met in real life. They were all very much so older than me. I was 17 when I started playing, and I played it with my dad, and I played it with my brother. So, like, the conceit of City of Heroes is that you play a hero, and you have to take down these villains. And it doesn't exist anymore. It, like, the game went offline, I think, four or five years ago, finally. But it had a really long lifespan because it was solid content, the mechanics were really interesting, and the character creation was so cool (laughs) especially for the time so i i spent a a lot of years playing playing that and then i moved on to world of warcraft where my dad uh was a guild leader and i was one of the officers i was an off tank i had my little my little fire warrior tanky nonsense uh back in the day and this is before the first the first expansion came out so you know it was all like very vanilla wow I mean, we stayed on WoW for quite some time. Uh, shortly after I met my now husband, who I'm, whom I have been with for 15 years this year. Dear God, that is a long time. Um, we played together. Like, he was, he play, he had his horde character that he went and he played with his friends and like his guildies and he had his fun there. But then he had his alliance side guy where he would come and play as like this little gnome mage with pink hair that he named Twunk. Um, I don't know why he named him Twunk, but he did, and it was just the cutest damn thing. But we had we had so much fun together playing those games. Um, I moved on to playing Star Wars: The Old Republic. I leveled uh, Jedi Guardian all the way up through the end game content, the original end game content. We were part. We are technically founders of Star Wars: The Old Republic. Me, my dad, my brother, my husband. Like we started playing that literally the day before that it came out because we pre-ordered and we're like no we gotta do this and this is before i became a parent so god you remember when time had meaning i remember when time had meaning 
Well, uh, what's interesting parenting. is that was that was before time had specific meaning. Like it meant things, but like it wasn't so it, was val- it wasn't things. so precious. Yeah, it meant different things. It yeah. meant not changing diapers um, and dealing with very hungry babies. But I fell off MMOs for actually quite some time after that. I wasn't able to get into them because I had two, like, my children are 17 months apart. My two youngest are 17 months apart. That's a lot. And I was running a business at the time, and I was, you know, I was, I was starting my writing career, so that was my side hustle. Like, I had no, I had no damn time. I had no time. So getting back into MMOs after all this time, you know, I went and played a little bit of uh, Lord of the Rings Online. I played Aeon. I've played Rift. I have played... What else have I played? Did you ever play Neverwinter? No. Neverwinter is one that I actually never got into. (laughs) I didn't even do that on purpose. Um, No, for some reason, like, it just just didn't end up grabbing my my interest for, for all that long it wasn't like not long enough for me to say to my dad hey we should play this game together but the reason why i've i love mmos so much and why they mean so much to me and why it is impossible for me to pick a favorite is because all of them have these memories attached to them you know i can look back at the early days of wow and i can say you know like i had i had a boyfriend my boyfriend left me to play more wow and then i met and then i met my husband and we played wow together and I played with my dad, and that's how my, my husband got to know my dad and my brother. And, you know, because we raided together, and we got to, you know, he got to know them, and they got to know him, uh, even though we all lived in the same city. <laughs> Awkward. Uh, land parties were hard. So even back then, they were kind of difficult back in 2005, 2006. Because no one wanted to do them anymore. So, yeah, I have different memories attached to different MMOs. They all serve different meanings to me. Um, there are MMOs that I've played just by myself. Like, I played Guild Wars 2 just by myself. Didn't play it with anybody. I just enjoyed it for the single-player content. We want to talk about some of the most stellar writing in MMOs. You go play Guild Wars 2. Seriously, Guild Wars 2 has some of the best writing in any MMO I've ever played. So good. Except for maybe Star Wars The Old Republic. And that also has stellar writing. So... Guild Wars so yeah, 2 also free. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's free now. Which is and really it is, weird. It's amazing. Like... ArenaNet has done some exceptional things, not just with the story and the narrative, but like those mechanics are solid if you're do not punish you for not having friends. Guild Wars would be my MMO if I was not playing WoW. It is very, yeah, very good. It's I played extremely a extremely good amount of that game. Yeah, I absolutely adore it. So yeah, there's there's my answer, my friend, is that I different memories attached to different MMOs and they've meant different things to me at different points in my life because they've been a part of my life since I was very, very young. So. Alright, I'll allow it. I will allow it. Because uh, you, you gave a compelling argument for why I'm not going to make you plant the flag in the ground. So, uh, I'm going to plant one. You not make me do anything anyway, bud. That's you true. know how this works. That's true. But I could <laughs> sass you about it. You um, could. So, alright. I'm going to plant my flag, obviously. I'm just going to say World of Warcraft, right? So, World of Warcraft is... Without question, my favorite MMO. I have played a bunch, actually. I've dabbled in Lord of the Rings Online and Dungeons and Dragons Online. And uh, my first massive online role-playing game was actually a text-based MUD called Dragon Realms. Oh, the do MUDs. I, I do either of you guys that. remember or have heard of uh, uh, Dragon Realms? 
Yeah. No, I'm baby. You baby? Yeah, all right. I'm so, baby. okay. So, Dragon Realms is, by the way, still in existence. And it's from a little company in uh, St. Louis called uh, Simutronics. And that was, like, my first, like, real massive online game. And it was crazy. And I really played it and played it and played it to death. And then eventually I stopped. And then uh, World of Warcraft came out. And originally the general, my wife, was like, you ain't playing that game. <laughs> There's no way I'm letting you play that game. And then we were at a game, and I will never forget this day. We were at a... Uh, that we were at a mall at a GameStop. As and um, as one does. And I picked up the box as a joke just to show her World of Warcraft. Because that was back when like games had boxes. <laughs> and so I showed her hard. the box and she was like, oh wow, that does look pretty cool. And I was <laughs> like, Am I am I being punked? Like and so I remember we put the box down and we went down to the food court and we sat down and had a real conversation. So you know how like in like movies parents have the conversation like with their kids when they're gonna get a pet? And it's like, so when would we play it? And who would play? And when are you gonna play? And we had like this very careful arrangement of when I was gonna be able to play World of Warcraft. And um and so we got it. And one of the limiting factors was that she was going to play two, and so we were going to share one account, and that was how we were going to that was how we were going to keep it under control. But then she stopped playing, <laughs> and shortly thereafter, I was raiding in Molten Core, and then it was it was it was on. So I have been part of the same guild for since then. Um, some of my dearest friends are in there, and some of my fondest memories in all of gaming involve those people. Um, but the story that I tell, and I, and most of the time I tell this story as a way to talk about how for a while I had a kind of unhealthy relationship with World of Warcraft, but I talk about the fact that when the day my son was born, um, I actually went home, because my wife sent me home from the hospital because there was nothing for me to do. It was super late, and I was obviously kind of wired because, you know, my life had changed, so I just logged into World of Warcraft. And they had just wiped on some trash in Molten Core. And so they just summoned me in, and I, like, rezzed everybody. And, you know, like, I raided the night my son was born. And so my wife even says, no, that's really not bad. You, I wanted you not there. <laughs> and um, so, and of course, I followed orders and left when she told me to go. And so, um, you know... I have some of these great experiences. You know, you talk about having great memories. I have those. Um, I left, and now I'm back, and I don't see myself not staying. But uh, the reason I like World of Warcraft is because it is um, because I like accomplishing things and within games. And one thing that I really love about MMOs is that they give you an unending task list. There is always something to do and even if you want to procrastinate and not do it which by the way my favorite thing to do in vanilla world of warcraft was to stand in iron forge and inspect people's gear i loved i love doing that and it's even better now because like people's gear isn't actually their gear so like you because of the transmogrification system oh, so like right. 
they're not actually sh very few people are actually showing what they're wearing so like now you get to look at it twice like what actually is it but what are they making it look like but so but beyond that like there's always oh well, I could run this dungeon and get this rep and if I get this rep I could get this mount or I could just get my fishing up or I could work on my cooking or I have my professions or I could always level an alt if I really needed to although I'm not much of an alt guy myself but like um, there is an unending and sometimes overwhelming task list where it feels like I can just go fill up a quest log and then just do it. And there is just something really satisfying of walking Heck into yeah. a town or a quest hub and just killing it, you know? Um, and then coming out of it and being like, are there any more quests in here? I no, I am in. And just this weekend, I was talking to Amanda. Rev, you'll be super proud of this. I spent literally all day Sunday playing World of Warcraft, but, but, in that time, I uh, got seven loads of laundry done and wrote four articles for my blog. Yeah. Um, because here's that. what's really interesting. Um, you could set a timer and be like, all right, every 20 minutes, I'm gonna stop this and do a thing. But that arbitrary timer is way different than the, oh, I just cleared this quest hub. I'm gonna get up and go do something because I just like, just nailed it. And now I get to go do something else. It was just this weird breakthrough in productivity. If that's actually how it works, I don't think I'm ever going to be allowed to stop <laughs> playing World of Warcraft. So I that's um, so that is where I'm planting my flag. I have very fond memories of my text-based uh, role-playing days, largely because it had role-play in it. Like that's the one thing that I really regret about World of Warcraft is that it is not a game that it is easy to role-play in. I play on a role-play server. Um, but like, you know, guild chat is, you know, just inappropriate jokes. We have, uh, we have, there's a character in my guild that no one knew, but, uh, but, but they are named after an, an, an actress that makes a certain kind of film. <laughs> and I was like, is that that person? That's weird. And they were like, no, what do you mean? And so I had to explain to them because they just didn't know. Um... <laughs> It made me look kind of weird because I knew, and they now they're looking at me in a different light. But like, so it is a, um, but it's the the having this like crew that supports me. The other thing is I came, came back for after ten years, and they're all just piling on, like racing to find ways to like help me and teach me different parts of the game to the point where like that is a good feeling, and it's not like giving me stuff. It's like. Oh, let me teach you about this new system. Oh, let me tell you about Azerite shards. Mm. Um, and, you know, some of it was drinking from the fire hose, right? But, like, some of it is just really being like, oh, man, like, these people care. They want me to succeed. Um, they dragged me into uh, a level, uh, into a level 10 key shard mythic yeah. as a, at the five minutes after I leveled to level 120. They were like, here, come do this thing. Um, so, Amanda, they let you do this Those thing in World of Warcraft. Yo, let me tell you. In, it, it, basically, you can level up dungeons now, more or less, if you decide to. And they just get harder and harder as you go. And the rewards are better. And what they and do is they just... more health and damage. Like, they add... New like, mechanics. At, at a certain... They have levels. And, like, at a certain level, they'll add, like, an effect. And it changes oh. every week. So, like, one week, the first effect will be, like, more stuff on the ground that you can't stand in. And then they'll add, like, 
I don't know, now whenever you kill something too fast, more things show up. And it just, like, so the effects combine and it gets ridiculous. It's honestly, I think the Mythic Dungeon System is the best, one of yeah, the best mechanics cool. they've added to this game in it, recent years. It's, it's really cool, so but it makes it so you can't really learn it because right. it's oh, always different. Right. Also, uh, there were they, they pulled me in and they were like, look, you're going to die a lot, but we're really just dragging you through this so we can give you loot. So, like, don't be mad, but there are mechanics that will kill you in one shot. And legit, like, you look at your, your like, the combat log, and, like, there were literally mechanics that killed me with, like, 100,000 points of, dam of damage of overkill. Like, because it was a mechanic. And they're like, yeah, we know this, so don't be mad, don't be sad. We don't expect you to do anything. We're basically formatting this. We're really just trying to dump gear down your throat. Um... And it was it was a cool feeling, but it was it was it was weird, you know, um, to just not be needed. And now I can actually be needed because they 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 invested the time, so now I'm actually useful, um, which is hard to say, but in an MMO sense, I'm useful. Um, so you're I, useful always. I know, Knock but in off. an but well, Ooh. but I know, I know, but in an MMO sense, you can be useless. It is very oh, possible to be useless in an MMO sense. And in that case, I actually am useful now. They can use me to do things, um, which is great. So, in all of us, you know, when we were... The, the one kind of common thread, right, is we all found people to play with. Yeah. Or had to find other... You know, find a new group to play. And I think, you know, that... Th those gaming communities... I mean, the internet is a, a wild place, right? And there are certain gaming communities that are not great. But I think... We've all had pretty good luck finding our people, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd call myself lucky, but I, I would also kind of caveat that with the fact that I had to go through a lot of unluckiness to get to find the people that I'm with now. My, my first group was sort of found by, by knowing a person who knew a per person, and then we ended up just becoming friends and it all worked out. But as we were building our team, you know, these teams... We had, a, we had a core group of about six or seven of us who were really tight and really good friends. And then the larger group that raided every week, we were all kind of casual friends, but there were people who came and went. And we had some people that showed up and they'd be there and they'd be there for a couple of weeks and they'd be fine. And the longer, the more time we spent with them, the more we'd realize, oh, this person is not a good person. Um, they, oh, right, right. we had some people who I, I had been raiding with a, one guy was in our group for several months and was just, you know, fine and there was never any weird comments. And then one day out of nowhere, he looked at the damage logs and he decided that a good thing to say to me would be, wow, it's really impressive that you're on the top of the meter since you're a girl. Excuse wow. me? Like what? And so that was extremely no. Yeah, just out of nowhere. Um, so we, you know, dealing with things like that and, you know, making decisions to, you make making the really frustrating decision that, that you do make right like you don't want that kind of person in your group you don't want toxic people in your group but it's still a frustrating decision because when there's 12 bosses in a raid and the way world of warcraft works is you don't you don't start off by killing all 12, 12 of them in one night right like you go in the first night and you kill like two or three and then you come back later that week and you kill a couple more and then you start over the next week and you keep progressing very slowly through it and so when you've been raiding with this guy for a couple months and you're really close to the end and you're relying maybe they're the only rogue in your group and they're the only person who knows how to do a certain mechanic and so if you kick them out you have to find someone to replace them and that's a lot of work and you don't know if that person's going to be nice either you still make the judgment because you don't want toxic people in your group and ultimately that has to prevail but it's still frustrating because it's like great now we're you know 10 steps back because this guy decided to be bad 
Um, so there was that. And then when I was trying to find my new group that I'm with now, I I went through a couple duds. I mean, there there's the problem of finding people who raid at a convenient time for you, right? Like I need to, it needs to be at a time when I am not working and I am free to play. Um, I also want like a particular amount of pressure. Like I, I, I want a group that will beat bosses, but I don't want a group that's so like hyper-focused on it that there's like, if I have to miss a night because I'm sick or have something else going on, they're mad at me. Like, I don't want that. So that's difficult. But then also online communities can be bad. They can. And I ran with a group for a couple weeks and things seemed to be going well and I was having fun. And then one night, one of their, a couple of their members actually got really, really drunk and started saying racisms. And I'm like, you know what? Nope. Out. Sorry. Great. Bad. Nope. They had never, and you know, I'd only been with them for a couple for a couple weeks, and only a couple hours a week at that point. But you know, sometimes, sometimes people tell tell you who they are right away, and sometimes it takes a little bit of time. And it's just, it's very frustrating how easy it is to accidentally just trip into that kind of stuff. Like when you're just looking, I'm just looking for a group that plays video games that isn't racist. Like I didn't think it was that hard, and I apparently I that's very that difficult. That. What? Apparently that is very difficult. Apparently, I, and I believe I found that now. I've been raiding with these guys for several months and no one said a racism, so I think we're pretty good. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's frustrating. And I, I do think I've gotten lucky, but it, it does take work. It really, really does. And it's, it's frustrating that it can be that hard, especially in spaces like WoW that are huge. That's true. And you're right. I mean, I still say we're lucky that we have found yes. good groups. Um, and you're, I you're guess, right. You're, I'm not disagreeing with you. You're absolutely I know. Right. I'm just, I, I, but with respect to that, you're right. I mean, it is, you know, I mean, this is, a, you know, they're, these are families, right? Like it takes, sometimes you just got to, family's the wrong word. Um, this is, you, you got to find the right people. And because you're going to be in stressful situations, right? Like in MMOs, like there's pressure. I mean, you talk about wanting it not to be super pressure, but like, you know, yeah. throwing your face against a boss six, seven times in a night and wiping every time, like you're gonna be on edge. You need people that you can work with, that you can play with. I think the advantage to that is if you can find that group, which with enough effort, I think just about everybody can find that right group for them is, um, and this is why I came back now, you know, the Fire Nation's attacking. I resubscribed re to World of Warcraft because I needed that comfort food, right? Like I needed to be able to, uh, log in to the game at night at when it was when everybody was in bed and it was it would be weird to text Amanda because <laughs> it's like eleven thirty and that she's a grown up yeah and she's it's eleven thirty at night and she's a grown up and probably asleep and I just need to talk to people and so I know that I can log in and there's all the the people that live on the west coast in Canada that I can just talk to them and um, you know that having that kind of relationship where I can, you know, even if it's just two people in chat, you know, just kind of talking with them, um, you know, that is valuable, especially now when, you know, we're all so kind of isolated. It just kind of gives us another, another means to talk to like-minded individuals. I think that for me, my, I didn't, I didn't so much luck into mine because I didn't search for random folks. I ended up for many, many years, I only played with my family, right? I had the luxury where my, my dad is a huge gamer. I grew up a gamer for crying out loud. My dad was a dungeon master as well. Like I grew up extremely nerdy and one, one might say kind of dorky. I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's a pretty dorky kid. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I had a I had a I had a built-in group. I had a built-in gaming group for many, many, many years. And then I met my husband and I, you know, I'm polyamorous, so I have, you know, I have Mike now. So like in my home, I have my husband, my bonus husband. My wife doesn't play video games all that often, so I can't really convince her to play games with me unless it's Hecross. And then it's okay. Uh, but I also have you know, my, my three youngest children play video games. My eldest is now playing Apex Legends. So I have seven people at any given time. Well, all six people. Maybe seven if I get D really drunk. Um, but I have six people that I can play video games with at any given time. And working in, M like, being on an MMO, like Final Fantasy fourteen, I have two friends of mine that I've known for many years. And they're like, nah, come into our, our free company and come hang out and be in our Discord and hang out in our Discord. And, you know, we only invite really nice people in. And they're, you know, they're very conscientious about the kinds of people they invite into their lives. Like, that's just who they are and so I'm like all right well I trust you and yeah it's been it's been really really wonderful and it's been wonderful to have that regular group you know I'm gaming with my brother more now which is like that means so much to me because my little brother is all the way back in British Columbia so he's like 3,500 miles away and I can't get to him anytime soon so that's my way of bonding with him but we're not playing MMOs because my brother's not really an MMO guide we're playing like you know Sea of Thieves are Arr. That's okay. I, I can support Sea of Thieves. I mean, I don't like it, but I can support it. It's fun to play with my brother. He makes That's... it fun because he sings sea shanties. That sounds great. That sounds great. He's and I'm great. glad. Um, I'm happy that it makes you happy. And that's all that matters to me. Aw. So, the... So let's talk about some of the MMOs that are out there. So we talked about World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy fourteen and mm -hmm. and Amanda listed the litany of the dead MMOs. Well, they're not uh, all dead. A lot uh, of them are still alive. Okay, was, but a lot of them I, are also dead. <laughs> I was exaggerating. Um, but so let's talk about some of the other ones. Now, one thing I do want to point people to is there is actually um, on this little website you may have heard of called EngagedFamilyGaming.com. Oh, uh, there is a guy. you might have heard about it. Um, it's a thing. Okay, Reb might not have heard about it. Um, <laughs> it's a wow. joke. It's a joke. Well, because I'm little, and you write for, like, you know, a major publication, and mine's just this little blog is really what I'm getting shock at. shock you, but I know who you are and like your work. Okay, well, that's fair. And I, 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 it was meant to be a joke. I, I didn't mean it to sound condescending. It was self-deprecating. A little, oh, man. I, this is definitely not the, 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 the guest suite. For me to get self-deprecating. So, um, little website, engagefamilygaming.com, uh, and I wrote a list of five free MMOs that your family can play while you're stuck inside. And so I thought I would go through, through some of these. Um, Reb and Amanda, tell me if you have thoughts and opinions on them. The first one is Star Wars The Old Republic, um, which is Star Wars. It's an original, really interesting Star Wars story. Reb, have you ever played it? I'm so sorry. My opinion on everything Star Wars is it's fine. That's fine. I'm so, so sorry. I'm not a Star Wars person. I don't think that's a problem. I'm So this is going to... So Amanda and I have, have done this story before, but just to let you know, I didn't watch any of the Star Wars movies until 2015. Any of them. And I'm like a 40-year-old man, so that puts me like in its weird territory. 
I didn't watch them until college, which I think is my problem. I had them hyped up for me for so many years as like just the best movies ever. And then I watched them in college. It was like, eh, they're fine. They're not the best movies ever. And I am a Star Wars fan. I'm yeah, a sp- big Star Wars um, fan, but that doesn't make them great cinema. Space, Wizard, <laughs> Space Wizards with laser swords yeah, by default, like as a baseline, Space Wizards with laser swords. It's pretty awesome. But hey, check it out. If you do like you some Star Wars, um, there's this little MMO called Star Wars The Old Republic, which is an original Star Wars story with a bunch of different you know, protagonists. And it's, it's really cool. Um, and it costs zero dollars. Uh, and a, a minimal uh, investment if you want to just you know give yourself some some boosts and whatnot. Um, cool voice acting is made by Bioware. <laughs> I mean, it's a so it truly is a great game. When it first came out, it had a lot of problems, um, most of which were mechanical. And you know, EA was like, "Hey, what's going on? How do we MMO? What is MMO though?" Uh, so yeah. it was it was rough when we first when we first started playing it. But Bioware Austin, which I don't know this anymore. I don't know if Bioware Austin is still around. I'd have to look that up. Uh, but they're the ones that were responsible for Star Wars The Old Republic and it was a premium service at the beginning and it was totally worth it and then it was totally worth it when it went free to play. <laughs> yeah. So it's a great story though. The core content is really, really well written um, and gaming the auction house, surprisingly enjoyable. In-game economies. Um, uh, yeah, go figure. The virtual economy hostess <laughs> likes virtual economies. Um, fun fact. Uh, Star Wars The Old Republic currently boasts an active user base of 200,000 players every day. That's really impressive for a smaller MMO. Like, just really, MMOs are the king, and or the kings, really. And then there's just, like, a bunch of other ones that are really, really small. And a lot of these are smaller, but that's okay. So... Going right from Star Wars, uh, let's just go to the other side of the nerd coin, I guess, and talk about Star Trek Online, which is free and also available on consoles, um, yes. which is some... Which, so, you know, a lot of folks are like, man, I don't play MMOs because I don't have a PC. Um, that is truthfully a real problem for a lot no, of these, is. you know, because you're not playing World of Warcraft on console, although I feel like that's going to change at some point. Uh I just I feel like I feel like it's going to change at some point. That's my bold prediction for at some point in the next twenty years when it starts <laughs> okay, to next twenty. Okay, no, I think I'm not they saying World like of Warcraft two before they put World of Warcraft one on consoles. I mean, that's a lot of. I can see a world. That's I can jank code doing like a ground up World of Warcraft two that was also on consoles. All right, I I will accept that. Um, I just think <laughs> that at some point the numbers are going to go down. And they're going to do something desperate to fix it. Also, did you see that they're going to add? They're, they're talking about adding controller support to Shadowlands. Once there's controller support for the game, then it's just a matter of time. I did hear them. Just, they said they were trying. We'll, the, the, we'll see how that goes. I don't they're know. Not, I, they're I'm trying for a reason. Yeah. I mean, so, but anyway. Star Trek Online is another game yeah. that I've played shockingly, because I am also, as it turns out, a really big Star Trek fan. I, I totally, I literally Trek. didn't know that. Not even being sarcastic. I didn't know you like Star Trek. No, I do. I do actually really enjoy Star Trek. I'm working my way through Picard right now with the men folk and really enjoying myself because TNG is like, mm, I love it. It's my favorite Star Trek series. Uh, but anyway, Star Trek Online is really interesting because it has a space component and it has an away mission component. So if you like to like fly around in super cool ships, like, 
you know, that are the size of the Defiant, all the way up to Galaxy-class starships, you know, and they move slow as heck. But they are powerful, man. So there's that component for, like, you space nerds that really like flying ships, and then there's away missions where you do some tactical action shooty-shooties, and that's really fun, too. So it's got kind of, like, this blend of both worlds, and the game has changed drastically since launch, and I haven't played it probably since a year after launch, so and there's, I'm sure it's changed a lot. There's content in Star Trek, uh, in, in researching this, I looked, and there's start, there's content in Star Trek Online that touches on every major plot line in Star Trek history from all the different shows. So, mm -hmm. like, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff where, you're, obviously, they deal with the Borg a lot, but they deal with, like, Species 84712 or whatever from Voyager. There's a that's whole, like, zone cool. that's in liquid space. Like, they do... Some, that's How did you even know that? Yeah, there's like a whole expansion zone. I mean, I, it's not like a, you know, it's a, a zone where you go do quests. So this is one of those, like, if you're a Star Trek nerd or your family is kind of into it, like, this is one of those games you should definitely take a look. Here's the thing that's interesting about Star Trek Online is it is, costs $0. And you get, like, a taste of Star Trek very quickly in this game. So oh, even if you want to play for like a weekend to just be like, yeah, I just want to do some dumb Star Trek stuff, like this is in. Like, And if you like it, congrats. It costs zero dollars and there's hundreds of hours of content and you can make your own spaceship. So um, the next one is Guild Wars 2 and we talked about that earlier. Um, yeah. ArenaNet is killing it. I actually have a friend of mine who just recently got a job there, so she has ordered me to play her game. So I guess now I gotta play Guild Wars. Um, it's a good game. I, I mean, play Guild Wars with you. There are worse things I have been ordered to do, right? Like this isn't like wash the greasy pots. Like this is play Guild Wars two. Guild Wars two is a high fantasy. MMORPG that you can play through as a single player and it does not hate you and it has 350,000 daily users right now um, or at least as of the time of this writing um, which was a couple of weeks ago but whatever I can't imagine it's tanked that much since then um, it's really cool and it's really interesting stuff and you are you know it's all about dealing with like ancient dragons trying to stroll the whole world and you know it's got like that you know, kind of the edge of the apocalypse kind of feel, which is kind of neat. And the races are neat. And oh, yeah. So cool. Yeah. I would actually, I, I think that is one of my favorite things about Guild Wars 2 is because you're right. It is, it is high fantasy, but it, it does not remotely borrow from it. This is not elves and dwarves and orcs and whatever. Yeah. This is like, I played as a Silvari, which are really cool. They are with, I mean, I only played at the, like the beginning of the game, but they're like a plant people who just mm -hmm. showed up. Like, they were just born out of a tree, like, 12 years ago. Fun. In the indie lore, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, they're very new people, and they're trying yeah. to figure... They have, like, these dreams in the tree, and they're trying to figure out, okay, what's, like, our purpose on this in this world? And it's really cool. And, yeah, there's just... It, it's a bunch of different kinds of characters than you're used to seeing in yeah. that kind of game. And, I, yeah, I love that. Agreed. I love the fact that it completely, it completely destroys any tropes that are associated with high fantasy, which is so refreshing. Yeah, yeah the discussion agreed. that's been going on this week, incidentally. Yes, there has yep. there mm, the discourse. We're avoiding the discourse yeah, right now. Yeah. Well, this Sorry. is a, this is the anti-discourse discourse. discourse. So anyway, so um, and I agree with both of you 100. This game, it really like I started playing it right. So like I was like, I want to play Guild Wars. This sounds fun. This is before it was even free, and I bought it for like you know 30 bucks or something on sale on Steam a long time ago, and you know it came with some stuff. You know you know how that 
the video games on sale thing goes. And I was like, all right, which side, you know, wh where's the dwarf? And I was like, wait a minute. There's no dwarves here. Because I just assumed, right? Like, you're just like, oh, man, you know, else humans, you know, this just can be, like, Tolkien stuff. And I was like, there is not a Tolkien thing in this at all. Which, you're right, super refreshing. It forced me to play a different kind of character. Um, I can't remember what I played when I played it, because I only played it for, like, a weekend. But now I have to go back. So I'm going to, I'm, maybe I'll play one of them well, plant people. Well, guess what? I am currently downloading. Guild Wars 2? Oh, yeah. You uh, want to jump in, fam? I am here. All right. So we'll, maybe we'll have to. Um... So um, next one, and this is gonna this is gonna surprise you guys, but I'm throwing this out here. Um, old school RuneScape. Yes. So I mean, old school RuneScape is very popular still. So Folks, it is on mobile. You can play that on mobile, and it is good. Yeah. Really? Good with you a know, with sev good with several question marks. But RuneScape was my very first MMO. I played it on PC when it when when, when old school RuneScape was. RuneScape. Um, I played that version of RuneScape. I loved that. I put in just a gajillion hours into that as a kid. It was great. And it turns out, I so I've played other other mobile MMOs or what they're calling mobile MMOs, you know, before. And th there are a lot of things going on. Like there, there's kind of trends with just like automatic questing and like some other kinds of things that I don't really love. Like I don't. I think it takes a lot of what I think is fun out of MMOs. But I think even like whether for nostalgia purposes or just because I think it kind of works. I think the oldness of old school RuneScape kind of translates to mobile in a way that I think is not actually bad. It's it's simple enough that it just sort of runs on my phone without overheating it or freaking it out and it's simple enough that like it's all it's all all the objectives are simple enough that I don't have to overthink them or like navigate through a bunch of UIs or worry about a bunch of daily stuff or whatever. Like it's just it's very very nice and clean and I I don't know I like old school RuneScape on on mobile. Yeah, and it's had like a really interesting. What the thing that in researching for this, um, you know, I'm gonna call it a feature because I want to make myself feel feel extra flashy in front of the the, uh, the people that make real content. But like so. The um, so it started in 2013. Oh come on, that was good. I did that oh. on purpose. I did that on purpose. Oh come on, that was funny. Um, so it's it was released in 2013, right? And it was just let's just put the old stuff out there because there was a community that really just rejected new change the changes to the game, and by change they basically just rebuilt it, right? And so they wanted to play the original stuff, and since then people have loved it so much that they've it has its own development cycle and its own quality of life improvements and so it just kind of lives on on its own which is why when I say like old school RuneScape like that's its title that's just what it is and it has 2 million daily users right now yeah um, correct me if I'm wrong but I think my last understanding of this just from reading about it is that for, for a long time they might still do it but for a long time the way they decided on whether something ought to be content ought to be changed in old school RuneScape this is after the new RuneScape came out um, is they, they basically had like a system of in-game mm -hmm. community voting yep. where whenever there was something that was proposed as a, like not just a bug fix, but like a content update or something, yep. people would vote on whether they wanted it or not because yep. there were people who really wanted to preserve the way it was and there were people who thought, well, maybe we could have updates sometimes. Yeah. And that's it, really cool to me. It is really cool. I think it's an awesome idea. The fact that it, you know, with that kind of a scale, you know, they, they're running a real game and it doesn't hurt that it's on mobile. Uh, and I'm sure that that was one of their, you know, when as soon as they saw that in sight, they were like, all right, we got to get this on phones 
because like um, Reb said, you know, it's simple, it's old. So, you know, it'll run on your phone without causing any real problems. And, you know, I mean, for what it is, it looks great. So that's one of those, like, if you used to play RuneScape and you forgot about it, and this is why I put it on this list, because I know there's a lot of people who play RuneScape and just forgot about it, right? Because, you know, other games come out, and this happens to MMOs. They, they live and they keep going, and then, like, they're, they just kind of fade into the background. Like, there are a lot of people that just forget World of Warcraft is a thing. Until the expansion comes out, and all of a sudden the nerds pop out on Twitter, and we go, yes! Oh my god, did you just see what Sylvanas did? Blah. And then... I, I know, I don't like her either. Um, they, but, she was great, and then... Anyway. And then they... Yeah, we could, that, that is uh, a discussion for... That's an inside baseball discussion for a later time. They basically... <laughs> yeah. So, um, but we all pop out when, like, a trailer comes out. We all go crazy for, like, an hour. And everybody's like, oh, is WoW a thing again? And then we stop. Because we know it's coming. It's like inevitable, right? Like it's like, mm. you know, that just slow rolling inevitability. Nobody really thinks about that. Um, but the, the RuneScape is one of those, it, it's, this is just so cool um, that RuneScape is still a thing. Um, and I know plenty of people who played it as a kid. So if you want to give it another shot, uh, throw it on your phone and, you know, throw it at your kid and enjoy it. Like right? Ex explore some of that same content with them because uh, I think it's a really cool idea. Um, I got a couple more that are free for now, and um, so this is going to be kicking around, and that's really Dungeons and Dragons Online and Lord of the Rings Online. Both of them, all of their content is free for a while, and um, it's definitely worth a look. And most of them mm -hmm. have are uh, have a bulk of their content free. So if you're a big Lord of the Rings um, lore hound, this is a big one. If you're a big Lord of the Rings lore hound, you should play Lord of the Rings Online. I took a it's One of those fun. massive online courses on the lore of Lord of the Rings Online, and that guy, like, where your homework was go through the Mines of Moria dungeon or whatever and, like, read the quest text. Like, that was that kind of homework. And this game is, like, hella Tolkien. So if you're in Extremely on that... Extremely Tolkien, yeah. Um, and Dungeons & Dragons Online is legit just... Like, if you're a Dungeons & Dragons dork, guilty. Um... It's worth playing for a couple hours just to see how they implement Dungeons & Dragons stuff into an MMO. You know, it's worth a day. Um, and, yeah, so that's it. I mean, those are some pretty good options. What, do you guys, can you think of anything else that you would suggest? Or did I, did I hit the nail on the head? Not that's free, but I think the one major MMO that we somehow have not mentioned that I think is good, uh, Elder Scrolls Online didn't come up. Um, yep. I have dabbled in that. Uh, it's good. It's interesting. I, it, if you like Elder Scrolls and just want more Elder Scrolls, that's a good way to get more Elder Scrolls. Um, I think they didn't they just sort of recently have the, an update that adds like Skyrim to it or something. I'm not actually oh, playing. Um, yeah, recently. The only reason I didn't bring up Elder Scrolls Online is because it is rated M by the ESRB. Ah, uh, sorry, I didn't know. Sorry. No, that's okay. It's not like we go to jail if we mention M-rated games. If um, no but that's the only oh, reason. Sorry. No, but that's okay. But that's one of those things. That was one of the things that surprised me because um, a lot of MMOs kind of tone that down um, yeah. just to try and broaden their audience. Like World of Warcraft clearly could have gone crazy if they wanted to, but they keep it at a T rating. Um, and so I was really surprised. I, I surprised bordering on disappointed when Elder Scrolls Online came out because I was really kind of hoping that it would be that maybe they would tone it down a little bit from Skyrim, which is an M-rated game. Um, and, you know, that and kind of 
you know, broaden things a little bit, but it earns an M rating. Um, Bethesda didn't agree. Um, so there's a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, there were a whole bunch of articles that were written about it back in the day, but more or less, they sent it. The SRB gave it a rating. Bethesda officially took a stance that they disagreed with it, but they didn't challenge the rating, nor did they make any changes. Which, like, like the SRB, like, they're not cops. So, like, if they say, no. this is what we're going to do, you have the right to make changes. And there are games that have done that. I mean, I talked to the people yeah. uh, that worked on Halo 5 when they knew in the middle of their development process that all they had to do was change the color of a couple things and make a couple very small changes, and it was going to go from an M to a T, and they deliberately made those changes. Um, so... That's super interesting because I I played I have not played a lot of that game, but the amount that I played was towards the begin beginnings of the Somerset expansion. And my I mean my memory Coral could be fuzzy. Here. I mean feel free to call me on that if somebody knows. But like I the amount the amount that I played of Somerset, all of it felt perfectly T rated to me and was lovely. Honestly, very mm -hmm. very wonderful. And so it strikes me that if they could make all of that lovely stuff and have it you know be at a relatively like safe rating. It, it surprises me that there's other content in there that couldn't be adjusted. Well, I, I don't know. I and this is one of those things where, and we know the way the ESRB works is that the, you have to send your the, the, the biggest heavy hits to the ESRB, and some of the quests, and some of this is in their quest text, because in some of their quest text, talks about um, uh, uh, sexual violence, um, and there's the ability to, there's some quests, and this is directly from the ESRB um, description. Um, so there's that, you know, that whole piece, which I think we can all universally agree, kind of a no-no. It puts it into the M-rated by itself. Yeah. But then there's a couple of quests where you can, like, throw severed heads on pikes and stuff, which, the, I, and I think it really comes down to, like, in WoW, there are heads on pikes. But the difference is, in WoW, it's super cartoony. And so, like, you know, it looks like a comic strip in some Not ways. Not all that cartoony in yeah. Elder Scrolls. So no. I think, and I think that's part of it. Also, I, I mean, but, and, and I think another piece is, like, you know, th these games push themselves right into the t into the top end of the T rating by their, um, the, because it's a fantasy setting, the whole, like, grog and mead and wine and, you know, the, the fact that there's so much alcohol. Yeah. Like, alcohol consumption actually is a huge part of the rating. So, yeah. like, they push themselves right up to the top because everybody's got to have a beer in your tavern, which I'm not disagreeing with. I actually think it makes sense. And it makes sense to have that in those games because mm -hmm. that's what you do. I LARP. We pretend to drink root beer and say it's beer, right? Like, what it is. I, did I tell you that I LARP? I talk about that a lot, but I'm one of those dorks, Reb. Don't judge me too harshly. Um... That's rad as heck. Huh? Rad as heck. It's great. All right. So, um, the so yeah, it's it's so that's why, and that's the only reason why it's not on this list because you are right. If it was T rated, I would have put it on there because it's high quality. Um, it, I mean, it's a cool world. I mean, the the I think no one can argue that the Elder Scrolls world as a whole is at the very least pretty rad. Whether it's the best thing in the universe, it's at the very least pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Interesting, though. The more, the more I know. Yeah. I've learned something today. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people just don't think about it, you know, because you're an adult and you don't have to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I, don't, I, I do not personally have kids, so I do not have to think about those. Yeah, exactly. There are certain, like, kinds of content that I will pay attention to and be like, if it has that, I'm just not interested in playing it. But, yeah, that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Um, so, there we go. The more you know, 
little star flashes across the screen. <laughs> um, so, yeah, those were some of the MMOs that I found. And, folks, we know, the three of us know a whole lot about a lot, but we don't know everything. So, if you know of an MMO that's out there, um, let me know in the comments. Send it, throw it at me at Twitter, or maybe join the Engage Family Gaming community at engagefamilygaming.com slash community, and shout it at me there, because I'd love to add more games to this list, because... I, I love MMOs. I think they're a cool game concept, and I would love to support them. So, the um, and there's certainly a whole bunch of other ones. I mean, there are other ones that aside oh, from the one that I listed here, there's ton. Which is funny because people keep talking about how MMOs are dead, but then like, they're not dead. well, people keep talking like they are, and then it feels like every other month I get a press release for a new one. Like, yeah. and they they all want me to play them. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, bro, I can't play them all. There's just so many of you. Yeah, I can play one MMO. One MMO. Um, one MMO. And man, um, some of them, some of yeah, some of the, some of the art styles and some of the new modern ones are like, man, you get good graphics, and man, you don't like to animate clothes. Uh, that's a, but that's a whole that's a whole other thing. Um, yeah, that's why I fell off Blade and Soul because it was really pretty and the music was nice and I liked the combat, but I really care about character customization and I like dressing in cute and interesting ways and it is not my personal style to basically only ever be... So, to basically only ever have women characters be able to wear, like, bikini tops and so I fell off that pretty hard. Shaman, uh, shaman gear is pretty rad. I miss the tier sets. I miss getting, like, cool fire and earth and, like, yeah. ice hilts like those are really cool and now i gotta share gear with hunters um who are also cool but their gear is very differently styled so but yeah the sh shaman gear is really cool usually as a as a paladin i i mean i cheated in world of warcraft and they gave me judgment armor which was the best armor in the history of the game so it's easy for me to get biased you know oh, the I'm judgment armor Karin, so every time i put on armor i'm dressing up a big tall cow and that's pretty fun i mean that is pretty awesome do you, it is so is it a, a do you play a female thorn so you yeah. do the electric slide? Yeah. This is my favorite. It's probably dance. my favorite part of that freaking game is the stupid dances. Anyway, so um, a man in a rep. Would you believe me if I told you that that was episode 218 of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast? They're still letting us do this. Yep. Nobody stopped us yet. And Nobody stopped us yet. And no one stopped us, and Reb could have called the cops, but she didn't. Uh, so she's one I of don't, us now. I'm not a, no, I do not know. She's not an ARC. I'm not Because we're having too much fun here. Reb, we're going to have to have you come back because you have done so many cool things. Um, I, I the One of my favorite things that you have done, and I think uh, people should search your Twitter history for it, is the that you cooked everything in the Elder Scrolls cookbook. So, you remember uh, you did yeah, that? Yeah, I, I, that's not my pin tweet. My pin tweet is I'm currently working for the Mother's Cookbook, which is an Earthbound cookbook. Uh, but I do have the thread. I have a thread for the Elder Scrolls cookbook, and then I wrote an article for PC Gamer about doing every recipe in the World of Warcraft cookbook. So Mother's Mother's cookbook will make three. You and so we're gonna we're go, I, I'm I'm hoping that you would be well, uh, willing to come back so we can talk about some of that because that is super fascinating to me um, because it's just so neat that you actually did that, um, especially in the World of Warcraft thing because some of that stuff just had to have been weird. It was a time, but it, it, it honestly was. It's it's been so fun. Like it's it's a great. Well, we should we should talk about. It. Honestly, right. I'm like I'm like very upset that like I have projected some kind of persona that you 
You were worried about asking me to come on. You should ask me to come on anytime. I will show up. I will do this. You guys are great. Okay. Well, this thank you. Amanda certainly makes up for my shortcomings, and I appreciate that. No, come on. I had to do it. I had to, everybody. I had to. I had to. I always show up for that. Mouth farts. Mouth farts. Okay. Well, that's, I, I, I appreciate And no, this is not that you put up some kind of... I I don't like to impose is really what it is, and Amanda knows that. Um, so anyway, uh, you know how close Amanda and I am, how how long it took for me to ask her to come on my show. Uh, it was It's absurd. So... Um, anyway, everybody listening, you just heard the three of us record episode 218 of the Engaged Family Game Podcast. We're going to be back next week to talk about board games, so Linda will be back, and we're going to have a whole lot of fun there, and, um, until then, I do have one favor that I'd like to ask. Every single person listening to this show knows at least one person that needs to hear it. Whether they know that they need to hear it or not, I don't know. So, what, do what you got to do. Smoke signals, you know, print it out, slip pigeons. it under their door, carry your pigeons. I don't know, man. Listen, just be creative. Engagefamilygaming.com slash EFG podcasts. Send them our way because we'd love to have a bigger audience. Bigger audience means more guests, more interesting stuff. And, you know, we can, we can keep on having fun. Uh, but you know what? If you don't, at least come join us on, in our community and, and have a chat with us. So uh, until next time. This has been Steven and the Princess of Power and our very special guest, Rebecca Valentine. We hope you have a great day. And until next time, don't forget to safely get your family game on. We'll see you soon. Bye now. Bye. Music for the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast is Android Sock Hop by Kevin McLeod and audio production by Six Pack Nerds Productions.